0: Hey, hey, happy Monday, everyone. Hope you all had an amazing weekend. Welcome to episode 51 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Illinois as Huntley High School pitcher and Mississippi State commit Brianna Bauer takes home the weekly honors. Brianna had a fantastic week, as last weekend she would throw a complete game, 13-inning 2-0 win, allowing just one hit, and striking out an incredible 28 batters, and then tossing a no-hitter with nine strikeouts in the regional championship game on Friday. I think the Bulldogs may have a gem on their hands. Congrats, Brianna. Best of luck the rest of the season. We'll definitely be following your journey at Mississippi State. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Washington Huskies alum and Canadian national team member, Jen Salling. Jen has had an amazing career to date, as she was 2007 Pac-10 Newcomer of the Year, competed at the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, won an NCAA National Championship in 2009 with the Washington Huskies, as well as a 2015 Pan Am's Gold on home soil with Team Canada, just to name a few. We're going to talk to Jen about getting her start in the game in Port Coquitlam, BC at a young age competing at the 2005 canada games which resulted in a gold medal for the province of bc the thrill of playing in the 2008 olympic games and trust me much much more jen was such a treat to chat with and will go down as one of the best our country has ever produced you'll see how much passion she has for our game in this great talk so as usual grab that drink sit back relax because here we go
1: Got the world in my palm, like scammer, action, it's on I can't describe what I'm feeling Ain't never felt this freedom I got the world in my palm
0: Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. How are things going down in Illinois?
2: Things are going wonderful. Um, I feel like this is like a second home to us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Years ago, for quite some time, um, as the wild. Um, it was before the Olympic qualifier. So we got to know this place pretty well. And um, like... The SIU folks treat us so nicely. The dorms are right across the street. The Rent One folks and Kathy Perry and Jason, they're so wonderful to us. So it's good to be back in a familiar spot um, with familiar faces. And um, yeah, they just take such good care of us here.
0: Right on. You had a rare off day today. Uh, You guys had a pretty busy weekend. You won three out of four, though. Uh, What's it like to have all the team together now and, you know, be on that home stretch for the games in Tokyo?
2: Yeah, it's just been so, like, we're just so grateful for the opportunity that we have had as a group um, to be together since March. Um, I feel like we're very unique in that sense. Um, The time that we've got to spend together over the course of the last, like, three, four months has been just extremely powerful. You know, going into an Olympic Games, there's it's just really imperative that you have that quality time spent together as a team. Um, so it's just been wonderful to be together as a squad to have those like really like just really good day to day conversations about things that are happening within our culture and areas where we can improve both collectively and individually. Um, so it's just everyone's in a really good spot right now and we're just going to kind of keep on, you know, keep it on.
0: Right on. Yeah. We had, we had coach Smith on here on the podcast, uh, prior to Christmas and we asked him about, you know, having the, the one year extra one year and he thinks like it's going to benefit you guys immensely. Would you tend to agree on that?
2: I couldn't agree more. Hmm. The, as sad as COVID has been for the world, um, and just, it's just been a really like just a sad state of affairs for what's gone on. Um, I absolutely empathize just with that piece, but from a um, a softball performance standpoint and a preparation standpoint, COVID could not have been like better for our team, mm. if that makes sense. Oh
0: yeah, just absolutely. Just
2: that extra, extra year of preparation. Um, but like the cool part about it is, is people have made, People made the choice to use that extra year um, to evolve, to get better and to grow. So it's just been really cool to see like how people have just been like remain resilient through the process. Um and we got together in March, and like you could see the just the difference in people, both from like a their physical preparation, um, and then from a softball specific standpoint. Um, every single human arts team got better in some way, shape, or form from that last year. So it was just really cool to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I follow all you guys on on social media, and and ever since the announcement that it was canceled, I mean the the grind that you guys have been putting in since that announcement. I mean, it's been pretty, pretty incredible actually.
2: Yeah. And I'm truly like, it means a lot to like, just that people notice that, Hmm. you know, obviously that's not the be all and end all because, you know, at the end of the day, what matters is like, you know, our inner circle, yeah. But to hear, like, from an outsider's perspective, just that people just our grind is so noticeably different in a lot of ways means a lot because it's just it's something that we take so much pride in. And I'm just like, as somebody who has experienced, you know, the 08 Olympics and like seeing what, what that was like and what that journey was like for the vets who led the way, like those who chose to like centralize those who chose to leave their jobs, those that chose to leave things to put training, as priority. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just so proud of like how our team has been like committed, committed and invested into that mission. Um, because that's the one thing that I truly admired about the '08 bets, right? Some of those girls just like sacrificed mm-hmm. and they put training first. And I just feel like I'm a firm believer in that's what it looks like to be at the top of our sport. And that's what it looks like to put training first is you make decisions in your life that are going to put you in the best position to be as prepared as possible for that end goal. And our team has just done such an incredible job of that. It's been really, really cool. And July 29th, July 30th, that's the one thing I for sure know I will be so proud of for our team for is how committed and invested we are into the mission over the course of like the last four or five years.
0: Right on. I I, I can't wait to watch. Actually, it's going to be it's going to be phenomenal. Um before we get on to your career, uh, we have a little thing on here we start off with. It's called quick pitches. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna throw ten questions out to you. They're random. Thank you. <laughs> and uh you do uh you do your best to answer them, all right? Okay. All right, first First okay. w- first one. What's the biggest thing you miss at University of Washington? All right,
2: are these like one word answers or what are nope,
0: Whatever you want. You can go as long as you want.
2: The biggest thing I miss?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, honestly, like we're in the postseason vibe right now and like that environment. I, I miss that, man. Like just that, those crowds, those people, those vibes, like I, I miss, I miss postseason.
0: Right on. Actually. I'm, well, okay. I'm going to break away from that. Cause I wanted to get your opinion on this. How did you feel about, uh, you know, getting to see Washington, Oklahoma on a national televised audience on Saturday?
2: I mean, it's so cool. Like mm. it's so cool for our sport. And then lucky for us as Huskies that, you know, it happened to be our program, but at the end of the day, like that is just the coolest thing for our sport. And I just believe our sport deserves that attention. It's fast. It's quick. It's like, I don't know. It's so fun to watch. Yep. So um to see that our sport was going to be showcased on ABC, I was like, dang, like this is like, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, hopefully this kind of rolls into the future in some ways, shape or form, you know, for those that make, you know, some significant decisions, but uh, no, it was, it was cool for the sport of softball for sure.
0: Absolutely. I'm anxious to see what the ratings are going to be. Cause I, I have a feeling they're going to be pretty high.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that crowd there, that was
0: incredible. Oh, a hundred percent. Actually all the, all the super regional crowds were unreal. Like they need to big, <laughs> bigger, build bigger stadiums for them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know. I know. It was cool. I, I mean, I think just like the year of COVID, right? People are just like yearning for like that vibe and that energy again. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, it was cool. Like you said, at all the stadiums, it was It was fun. Yep, fun sure. to watch.
0: All right. Back to quick pitches now. Uh, <laughs> next question. How long does it take you to get ready to go out?
2: Oh, my goodness. Did my teammates tell you to ask me this question? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, How long does it take me to get ready to go out? I would say like an hour. Gosh, now that my hair is the way it is, probably like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. All right. Uh, Next one. Favorite movie of all time?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going to have to go with The Sandlot.
0: Nice. Uh, If you could replay or relive one game, what would it be?
2: Oh if I could relive one game,
0: Oh gosh. Tough one. Is this, is this supposed to be like a success story? Not so much a success story. What are we thinking here? Well, I said you could, you could replay or relive one game. So it it could be either.
2: I would want to relive. Um, Oh my gosh, this is a hard question. Um, (laughs) Can I have two? Okay, yep. I'd want to, like, relive again. our In 2009, we played at UMass for the regionals, and our game was 15 innings long. Like, just being, like, where I'm at in my softball career now and just kind of reflecting on every single moment that was going on in that game and just, like, the feelings and the emotions, it'd be cool to, like, relive that again. And then the national championship.
0: Right on. <laughs> Actually, actually, I was gonna. I'm bringing up that UMass thing later on in the podcast. So huh, funny you brought that uh, up. Um, nice. Next question: What's your go-to cheat meal?
2: My go-to cheat meal. Uh, right now, it would be because I'm. Pretty much like on a low-carb diet, I would say. So I would like love to just crush some sushi right now.
0: (laughs) That's my favorite meal, actually. (laughs) Uh, What's the last song you downloaded?
2: The last song I downloaded. I'm not a big songs downloader kind of person. I'm pretty old school when it comes to music. But I'm currently putting together a list of songs for our um video analysis person carolyn okay and she's creating like a highlight reel for me because i want to incorporate that as my pregame routine at the olympics just to watch me like swinging and swinging and swinging yep and the last song i wanted on there was matchbox 23 a.m
0: okay nice good great tune Mm -hmm. uh favorite childhood tv show
2: Favorite childhood TV shows? Oh, gosh, I'm not a big TV person. Okay. Um, favorite h- TV show? Crap.
0: Man, I'm stumping you on these ones.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, like movies and TV. Are, that's tough for me. Um yeah. Let's see. What did I watch when I was younger? Um, probably Gilmore Girls.
0: Okay. Yeah. I watched a couple of, couple episodes of that. I'll admit it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I still actually watch that.
0: Right on. Uh, best place you travel for softball? Australia. Who's going to win the women's college world series?
2: Oh, uh, got to go with Oklahoma. Mm,
0: I think a lot of people are. Uh,
2: yeah, they've got some pitching, got some defense, got some hitting. They have yeah. kind of got your recipe for a national
0: championship. Yeah, and last one. When you win the gold medal, how long will the celebration be?
2: Oh my God. That's a really good question.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh man. Ongoing.
2: A (laughs) month at least. least. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I want to, I want to, honestly, I want to give myself the fall to just have a breather. Yeah. Yeah. this has been, this has been an absolute haul. So I just want to enjoy it and take some time to just breathe, need to figure out what's
0: yeah, I I can already tell my uh, my boss right now that if you guys win the gold medal, I'll be taking the next day off work, so. <laughs> nice, yeah. perfect, perfect. Yeah, anyway, all right, on, on to your career, Jen. Uh, tell us about growing up in Port Coquitlam and getting your start in the game.
2: Yeah, I grew up, I was born in Burnaby, um, grew up in Port Coquitlam, and I got started playing softball when I was five, uh, my father man's fast pitch catcher. He played for the Vancouver Thunderbirds, they were called. Okay. And honestly, I, I just grew up going to the field, right? I you know, I think I was like all of two weeks old. There's photos of me and like a little baby stroller. Actually a foul ball was hit at one of my dads and it like landed. In the stroller, like right next to my head. My mom said she said she was like covering what? everything, like covering around the stroller, and it happened to like literally land like right next to my head. Mom, um, thankfully I'm I'm here, so we're all good. Oh my God, but, wow. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I just grew up, you know, from right out of the womb. Essentially, I feel like at the softball field. So, um, yeah.
0: So how how was the uh, minor ball program growing up there?
2: Um, it was good. Um, I played, I started playing rep balls in. I think I was 10, you know, kind of always played up my whole life, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, I just loved the challenge of that. And I felt like that was really fulfilling to me, mm-hmm. you know, just playing around people that were older than me, that were better than me. Um, so it was just a constant challenge for me every single day. And I think that was one of the best things that my parents ever did for me. um, so, um, and then we went to, we didn't travel a whole ton. We, you know, play, played, pretty locally in tournaments at home. Right. There was maybe like twice or three times a summer we would go down to the States. And then the big one, honestly, growing up was, um, playing in the Canada cup and at softball city. So that was a really, really, really big recruiting opportunity for us
0: yeah.
2: at the time. Um, but yeah, really, really loved my experience. Um, I truly, I never left the Poco Ravens organization, um, I only left when, like, another organization would pick me up if our team didn't make nationals, for example. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just, you know, stayed loyal to my roots, loved loved my coach, loved the people that I was around, and, yeah, it was good.
0: Nice. So, what age did you, you know, really start taking the game serious and think, you know, this is what I want to devote my life to? Yeah.
2: <sighs> Um, yeah. So like I said, I started playing rep when I was little, when I was 11, I would say that's when I started getting like pretty competitive with it and realizing like, huh, like mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at this, you know? Um, like I said, and I loved my coaches. Like my coaches were really passionate about the sport of softball. And I, I felt like there was like a serious amount of belief in me. So I think that just became really contagious. Um, so I don't know. I mean...
0: Yeah. But now you you also played... Uh, you played volleyball and basketball growing up as well, didn't you?
2: Yeah. So I played multi-sports. I played basketball, volleyball, and soccer. I was a pretty high-level soccer player. So eventually it just kind of got... I played soccer, like high-level soccer all the way up until... I want to say like grade 11 or something like okay. that. Okay. Right on. Um, it never... It never really was like... Um, it wasn't a hard decision for me to choose softball, I guess. Like I never felt like... I never felt like I had to choose. I kind of authentically like made that decision. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of like phased out of soccer and my love for soccer. And then just was like, kind of took my softball route. So I'm I'm grateful that I didn't, I wasn't like forced to like, okay, Jen, you have to choose softball. Now If this is really what you want to do. You need to specialize like now, whereas you see that a lot right now. Right. Um, so I never really went through that. Um, and I, I played all my sports until I was like ready to kind of move on when I wanted to
0: move on, you know? Yeah. Now you would agree that being a multi-sport athlete is, you know, benefit you along the way.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah. It absolutely does for so many different reasons. And the couple the biggest ones that stick out to me are a knock on wood. Um, I've been very, very fortunate physically. I have not had very many injuries. Um, I think that's a testament to playing a lot of different sports. Mm-hmm. I think just overall athleticism, you know, uh, you're just being forced to use your body in different ways, move in different ways. And I think that's just in end help, like, help me like on the softball side
0: of things. Yeah. I, I, I talked about it quite a bit on here. I, I My biggest thing, you know, playing hockey and ball growing up is that I didn't get that burnout factor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah,
2: And honestly, like I never have for as intense into softball as I am and how immersed I am into our sport. I truly have never experienced burnout,
0: Mm.
2: but I also think it's, I don't know. I just like softball. I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but like just real softball to me, like you never have the sport figured out. You know, like yep, very true. every single day is different <laughs> yeah. and every single day you're being challenged with something like one day you could feel like you're like on cloud nine, right? And the ball is like really big. And then the next day, literally the ball looks like a golf ball. So it's like, you're always being humbled and you're always being challenged. And I think that's why I have loved it so much is because you're always like chasing something. You're always being challenged. You're always trying to figure something out. And I think it just really aligns with my personality because I can get bored real quick. Um, So just like the pursuit of mastery, I think I'm honestly obsessed with. And I just, it fulfills me. And I just, I honestly don't get really burnt out from it. I get tired. Don't get me wrong. But like, I've just never felt burnout before.
0: Right on. Well said uh i want to ask you about the 2005 canada games um uh, i had i had the privilege of playing in the 97 canada games and and it was a life-changing experience for me like it was just unreal uh you and team bc would win the gold medal uh what do you remember about that event and how did it impact you moving forward
2: oh my gosh you're like aging this is like oh my <laughs> god 16 years ago
0: <gasps> uh, hey i just said i played in the 97 game so <laughs> i'm aging myself there <laughs>
2: Uh, well, there's a few, a few things <laughs> I remember are our, our outfits. I don't know. I remember like our jackets oh. and our track pants for whatever reason. Um, I remember the dorms that we lived in. I remember the cafeteria that everyone had to go to to grab food. Um, and I remember how intense the rivalry was between BC and Ontario.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That game was like really, really intense, specifically like, not only the rivalry between like the two provinces because the quality of softball that exists in both provinces, but, um, like between Danielle Laurie and Robin Mackin, um, two very, very, very good pitchers, just like, you know, two big Canadian names Mm -hmm. at that time, like going at it so it just I don't know it made it like really really fun because there was like so much talk about the two of them as pitchers it was fun
0: yeah right on now what how was your how was your guys's tracksuits like for opening ceremonies
2: they were I mean they were like blue and light I think the sleeves were light blue maybe it was like dark blue and light blue
0: ours were god awful
2: it was pretty like simple, I feel like, but for whatever reason I remember like my jacket being like really large and I don't know. It was just
0: like weird, weird memories. Yeah, I I, I agree. Like ours ours were red, white, and blue and if you look at Nova I Scotia's don't... flag, it's primarily white, blue, and then there's some yellow. I don't know where the red came from and they were terrible.
2: Sounds, <laughs> sounds like sounds like it's a little bit American.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know what I don't know what was going through the designers. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) back to you. Uh, Now, uh, you're named to the Canadian national team before even playing a game in the NCAA. Uh, What was it like to get the call at such a young age and that you were, you know, going to be dawn on the red and white?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like, it's just, I literally played the, like the sport of softball because I loved it, you know, Mm -hmm. like, My dad played. I loved throwing the ball around when I was a kid. They was my, my dad's teammates and he would throw the ball like sky high after games. And I would just like love being at the park, love being at the field, love throwing the ball around with my dad, my brother and parents put me in softball and I just kept loving it and enjoying the people that I was around, enjoying playing the game, enjoying being challenged. And then I just like, then these like opportunities like kind of arose, right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, I was getting, all of a sudden I was getting scouted and I didn't even know what scouting meant at the time. And I was like, (laughs) well, what does this mean? You know? And then like conversations were happening with my parents. My parents were learning in the whole process, you know? And then I don't know. I just was like, my love for the sport, I think is really what has, Help these opportunities arise, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I want to play on the national team one day, or oh my gosh, I want to play NCAA softball one day, or oh my gosh, I want to be an Olympian. Like Mm -hmm. I literally feel like I was just in the moment as much as I could be, and because of that, things came about. Right. So when I first got the call, I was like, this was in two thousand five believe it or not, my actually, my very first call was to go up to the SFU dorms. I think it was to try out for, um, I'm not sure if it was with the junior team or if it was part of the elite team at the time. Okay. Excuse my terrible memory. That's all right. Anyway, so they call me, they call my parents. They tell me, they say, you know, we would like to invite Jen, your daughter, to this camp. Anyways, to make a long story short, I denied my invitation because I was so scared of leaving my parents and going up to the SFU dorms in Burnaby, believe it or not, that I did not want to leave home. So I actually denied my invitation. Wow. So then... I was asked to try out for the senior team in 2005. I graduated high school in 2005, went to the UVic dorms and I actually got cut that year. So I was like, you know what? So I I got my first glimpse, I guess is my point from that phone call where I said, no, I don't want to go. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, Oh, what is this? Like what could this look like? Now I'm kind of intrigued. Right. So then I get invited to the senior team (laughs) and then got cut. Like I said, and then you know, I made it in 08 and, or sorry, in 06. And literally the rest has been history ever since. Like yeah. I have just now, really stuck with everything.
0: Yeah. Do you remember uh, that first WBSC's in China where you guys defeated Italy 3-0 to qualify for Beijing?
2: I do. Yep. 2006. Yep.
0: That must've been uh, pretty crazy for you.
2: It was, it was pretty crazy. But, and honestly, looking back though, I wish I would have remembered more. I truly Mm -hmm. do. And that's the one thing that I have with me. That's one of my main missions every single day. Like now, you know, giving this another, this Olympics, another go is like being as present as I possibly can in every moment and every, every opportunity that I can, because Mm -hmm. I was so young in 2008. Yeah it just like that first part of my South La Canada career where like things were happening very fast. I was deer in headlights. I didn't know how to slow things down. So, um, yeah, just like really challenging myself now in the second go around to like immerse myself in the moments. Um, so I can just, you know, remember, yep. <laughs> remember <laughs> it, you know? Yep,
0: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, were you committed to Oregon at this point?
2: Um, and Two, yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. What What led to the decision to commit to Oregon?
2: Um. So that was in 2000. They reached out. They saw me in 2011. Okay. Um.
0: No, before Kathy 2011. Cared,
2: or sorry, not 2011. That That was when I was drafted. It yeah. was this, my junior year. Sorry, grade 11. That's right. what I meant to okay. say. Okay. Um. So we were at Canada Cup, and the head coach walks up to. My dad and the head coach at the time was named Kathy Aronson. She's like six foot, like four or five, like wow. big, tall lady. <laughs> he pitched for the United States. My dad's, he's probably like five nine, five ten, 10, right? Like, <laughs> you know, this like really tall woman comes up to him and um, she goes like, are you, are you Jen Saling's father? And my dad was like, yeah. And he just, she just like handed my dad this card and she's like, here, I would like for you to take this and um that's pretty much like all she said mm. so my parents kind of like looked at the card you know and we're just like new to the whole process like what does this mean like what do we have to do what are the next steps da da, da da da. and then yeah they saw me at Canada Cup in 2011 so I just I didn't want to go anywhere else um I had other opportunities but like I just we had always heard of the ducks being where I'm from right it was the Huskies and the Ducks. And then there was a very, very good pitcher at the time. Her name was uh, Annie Nias. She went to Oregon and she, I remember her, she played for the White Rock Renegades through like 70 miles an hour. And I just, I'll never forget playing against her. I just always like, was just in awe of how hard she threw, her presence, just everything. And she went to Oregon. So I was like, crap, like, dang, if she's there, I feel like we have a shot at his national championship. Like, I want to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so then. We, my parents and I you know we ended up visiting and it was just it was a no-brainer for me at the time right. I just literally put all my eggs in that mm-hmm. and that's where I chose um so okay. that's kind of what's happening well, with that well you
0: obvious, you go on to have you know an absolutely incredible freshman season uh you hit 481 14 home runs top 10 finalists for USA softball collegiate player of the year first team all-american um safe to say that your year you're leading up with the national team help you prepare for that freshman season
2: yeah i think so you know I, I think anytime you're in an environment where you're around people that are better than you more experienced than you yeah um you're always kind of it's it's always going to help you you know what i mean mm. yeah um but i truly think that you know that red that first year i was there i redshirted right so i just kind of really got an opportunity to um, check out the environment, observe, learn, ask questions, you know, get to know the ropes, learn the ways, mm-hmm. you know, both for my teammates and my coaching staff. Um, and I'm a big field person. Like I'm not somebody to kind of just dive in and just kind of go balls to the walls. You right. know, I just yep. kind of need a feel to, you know, get myself comfortable and for me to be the best me. So I, I do think that year also was very helpful on top of that national team experience going into um, my very first, special, my first year of actual eligibility.
0: Right on. Um, so, so. yeah, I was going to say, so the following year you said you re- read your 2008 was the Olympic games in Beijing. Uh, walk us through the emotions of that because that must've been incredible for you.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so many things. Oh my gosh. Um, the, the coolest part about that experience overall, honestly, it was, like, all of us being dressed, like, our whole Canadian Olympic team, not just softball. Yeah. Being dressed in, like, these unique, quirky outfits and, like, walking together as a squad through the tunnel in what they called the bird's nest, just packed. Yeah. Yeah people, lights and music and like hearing our country's name being announced. Like that was like the coolest experience of my entire life.
0: Jeez, adrenaline must have been flowing there.
2: <laughs> oh god. Totally. And then on top of that, there's all just all the things in between, but like if I there's one thing that I had to pick out, like that's the coolest experience. Like I have chills even talking about it out loud. Yeah. Um I don't know. You, you know, when you're representing your country, there's just so it's so much bigger than you in so many ways. You know, you're playing for so much more than yourself.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: You should be You should be doing that every day, in my opinion. <laughs> but, when, you know, when it's your country, it's just, it's it's a completely different feeling.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt. Now, a little side question, though. I didn't actually have just something I thought of. Um, you know, going into this Olympics, you know, it must be pretty special with the group you have. But, I mean, to do it again with Dan and Kaylee and, and Lauren must be even extra special for you.
2: Yeah. I mean, like we literally get to rewrite a different story. Yeah. Like it's just so cool. Like the conversations that we get to have with each other, reflecting on 2008, just the growth of us, like individually as humans and as softball players, and just to reflect on 08 experiences. And now like the conversations that we have, It's just like, I don't know, like Mm -hmm. it's just the coolest thing. Yeah. Like we get to like rewrite something, and who would have ever thought that like you get to rewrite another story when it comes to an Olympic Games, you know? Absolutely. Like, I don't know. We've each of us have learned so much about ourselves and each other over the course of like, I mean, yes, it's been 13 years, but like we've, I mean, we're friends, right? Like we, there's so much more that goes into it than just like the softball field. Yep. So just, it's, it's been really cool. And I'm super grateful that we get another opportunity to rewrite a different story because to us, we kind of do have some unfinished business from 2008, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to rewrite our own stories individually. And then, you know, collectively as a group for Softball Canada, we have a really cool opportunity to like make some serious history. So we're excited to be able to to be a part of that.
0: Yeah. I think, when I had Dan on here, I think she said uh, she wishes that she had her mindset now that she had that, like she would have had that back in 2008.
2: I know, yeah. I know, <laughs> but I mean that, that's life, though. You know, yeah, you just exactly. learn so much. You grow, you develop, you learn, and you evolve. So it's just all part of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. uh So that leads us into unforgettable 2009 season where you transfer to University of Washington first. Uh, what's the story behind the transfer?
2: Well, to make a long story short, (laughs) uh, after the 2008 Olympics, I, for whatever reason, there was something that I felt like I was missing when I went back to Eugene. And I, if, I'm such a culture person. I'm such a connector kind of person. I love relationships. I love like, I need to feel in my daily, like I'm being surrounded by people that are like helping me grow and develop and are continuing to challenge me, if that makes sense. So when I got back to Eugene, I guess it kind of dawned on me that I wasn't necessarily like getting that. And I was missing that. Um, Although I had, you know, an incredibly successful freshman year It was like the best year I had in college softball and my whole I mean, I was there for six years, but obviously you get four years, but, um, I think like I just needed challenge. I needed a sense of culture. Um, I needed a sense of like something that I could believe in and buy into, I guess, from like a softball standpoint and like a, um, a championship culture standpoint, in my opinion. So I guess that's what I was looking for. So I, you know, Danielle and I are obviously very close and she was just talking to me about her experiences at Washington. And I think her knowing me so well, she was just like, I truly think this is something that you would really love. And so we just kept in close touch about what her daily was like. And then, um, I just started, just thinking that was going to be best for me, but it was very hard, you Mm -hmm. know, like I'm a very loyal human. And I, my parents raised me like, once you make a decision, you see it through and you stick it through. So to have that conversation with them was tough at first, but, um, they, they were supportive in the end because they listened to what I needed and what I wanted, um, and what I was feeling. Um, so then I, I, yeah, I ended up leaving and having that conversation with them and just kind of wanting to part ways. So, um, I will say it was the best decision I could have ever made. (laughs) And I'm very, I'm very happy with my decision because the Washington softball culture is nothing like a, a, it's, it's the coolest, most unique thing I've ever experienced in my entire life.
0: Right on. Now you had to wait till April to play that following year, didn't you?
2: Yeah. So I, my head coach at Oregon at the time, um, she didn't give me a release. Uh, Okay. So at the time, um, which it was called the Pac-10 at the time. So when you transferred in conference, if you did not get a release to trump that release, you had to go to, um, one, you had to redshirt Two, you had to go to a junior college and get an AA degree to transfer into the next institution so thankfully for me, the red shirt for the, the Olympics fell at the perfect time, but I did not have an AA degree. So what I had to do was in the fall, um, of 2008, all the way until like the spring of 2009, I attended North Seattle community college to earn my AA degree. So I needed to get 26 credits.
0: Wow. Wow. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. So it it was, it was definitely a grinder and I literally could not do any softball with the team. I couldn't work out with the team, nothing. So I was just like on a mission to earn this AA degree. So I could eventually like enroll at the university of Washington, you know, where I wanted to be, um, as soon as possible. And that with all the, you know, the logistics and things, um, that was April 1st of 2009. And my first series was against Arizona State.
0: Wow. Wow. How tough was it to, you know, watch them play up until you got yeah. to play? Yeah, it must have been pretty <laughs> yeah.
2: tough. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I know. There's just like, yeah, I just, you know, I would go watch them because I only lived about 10 or 15 minutes away from the school. So as much as I could, you know, I would go sit in the stands, watch them at practice and just kind of do my best to show face as much as possible because, mm-hmm you know, there's so many new kind of immersing themselves into their culture and everyone, everyone knew about it. So I, I felt like as much as I could be around legally with all the rules that the NCAA has, I wanted to, you know, just be present for the group. So it wasn't as foreign, you know,
0: yep. yep,
2: but coach tar and coach Tar and Danielle and everyone, you know, just, there was a lot of really good lines of communication going on that, Hey, like this is, you know, this is something that could be happening here. And so what was, kind of let,
0: what was the vibe? What was, now. Sorry, what was it? What was the vibe like when you got there? When you like finally got to put that uniform on?
2: Honestly, it was it was pretty seamless. Right like on. I. There's Morgan Stewart, who's still one of my closest friends to this day. She was a shortstop at the time. So she moved over to third base, but I'm super, super grateful for how welcoming the girls were to me coming in in the middle of the season. And then on top of that, me going in shortstop, like, and mo- Morgan Stewart moving over to third base, like that takes a really, really unique human, I think to just like give up the position that she had been playing and then move over to third base because that's what the coaches think is best for the team. So it just, I don't know. It was a really, really cool, unique group in that sense. Again, going back to the culture piece, like it's, you have to have a really strong foundation and a strong culture for somebody to just come in, take over a spot, move somebody else over without any drama
0: yeah exactly well that's what that's what makes championship teams right
2: right yeah so yeah coming in was i couldn't have asked for a better situation i mean the girls were amazing
0: yeah well i want to talk about the run to the women's college world series because i'm sure a lot of our listeners don't really understand the grind just to get there and you guys were Mm -hmm. in tough just at the regionals against umass correct yes yeah Uh,
2: um, So, like, what specifically?
0: Like, I mean, usually the like the regionals you 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 pretty much know who's going to move on to supers. I mean, this year's a little crazy, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, you guys were in, you guys went to full three games with the UMass, did you not?
2: Yeah, no, it definitely that whole that whole postseason was a grind, right? Like, mm. you're in Seattle. You know, then you got to, you got to fly all the way to UMass, right? You're, you're facing a really good pitcher. Brandis fall so was like throwing 70 to 71, like heavy, heavy drop ball. Mm-hmm. Right. Then we, you know, we play them in 15 innings. Okay. That was like one of the most insane games of my life. <laughs> and then, so we win that. And then you got to go to Atlanta, Georgia and play Georgia tech, beat them twice. And then you go to Oklahoma city. But the kicker is, is that regardless of like, the locations, like the site specifically, we were on the road, missing school for like a month. Wow. So like you add that on top of the travel and you know, all of the things. Um, but man, like it, it, you look back on it, you're just like so proud of like how we did it and like what we did because it wasn't easy, but like, it's like Washington this year, right? Like they, yeah got the 16 seed. Well, that, but once that you was see, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But like, once you see that's what happened, like it's our language at school, like, okay, here we are. We're 16. Yep. All right. In 2009, we're going to UMass. Okay. Then we got to go to Atlanta and then we got to go to Oklahoma city. You just, you deal with the cards that are dealt because you, you got to control what you can control. True right? enough, yep, like if you, yep. if you let a seating dictate your like mental state, you've already lost.
0: Yeah. Very true.
2: So for us is, is, you know, once you get okay, we're going to UMass, boom, handle mm-hmm. that. Okay. Now we're going to Atlanta. Boom. Handle that. Go to the World Series. Yeah. Boom. Handle that. So just kind of control what you can control.
0: Right on. I I totally agree with it. That. That's a very good point. Uh, so you guys would get to OKC. And besides the hiccup to Georgia in extra innings, you guys were flawless. Uh, maybe yeah. walk us through that that title win.
2: That um I mean, I don't know. Just just I will say just right out the shoot, playing at that stadium. Like just thinking about like what those girls are about to go, go into now. Like, Mm. and now there's like 5,000 extra, I know the upper deck. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a triple decker stadium. Now it's amazing. Um, that is like hands down the best softball environment I have ever played in my entire life.
0: Yeah. I have it on my bucket list. I I want to go there.
2: Oh gosh. You need to go. Mm. I I can't wait. Like after I'm retired, I'm for sure going like, even as a fan, like it's, coolest experience like you just walk through the outfield and just like sea of colors nice and they're so loud and just it's just the coolest thing in the entire world um but no as far as that series i mean i I don't even know what to say other than it's like one of the most intense adrenaline filled experiences like of my entire life Mm. you know and it's super easy to make that game so big. So it's just on that, on that stage. And it's about, it's the same thing for what we're about to experience at the Olympics, like Mm -hmm. to work the mental game and work the process pitch to pitch, you know, inning to inning game to game is like the biggest key to success. Because once you start worrying about the outcome of the game, then you're missing out on opportunities, right? Right. Like pitches are passing you by and you know, the game starts to move really quickly. So I guess looking back, the whole goal was to just be in the moment as much as possible and work pitch to pitch as much as much as possible and let the result take care of itself. Um, and we just worked it like we worked it mentally and it was just like so much about like team, 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 win, win, win. Like at that point, your individual performance is not even a thing. All you care about is the team winning. Mm-hmm. And whatever, however that looks, you know, whatever that looks like, it's, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Now, do you, uh, you guys want to do any, any good celebration stories or too tired?
2: <laughs> um, well, I will say I'll never forget when friendship, I think it was in the second game, Francesca and I uh, hit this double off the wall in left field um, runner at second. Then there was a ground ball hit to me up the middle. I made a play to first. Uh, and then I, I just remember like Allie Gardner swinging and missing on Danielle's rise ball on the last pitch. And it was just like, mm. I remember thinking for a hot minute, like, wait, this just happened. And I just like darted to home and like jumped in the pile <laughs> of peeps.
0: <laughs> That's awesome
2: like wait did this just happen oh yeah it did boom yeah. go go with your
0: team <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's nothing better than uh the celebrations at the end like uh especially especially with Danielle getting a strikeout I love yeah like as a pitcher myself I love seeing games end on strikeouts and you know just having that full-on celebration with your team that's that's amazing
2: it's insane just because like you think about like how hard you work every single day, like all of your being mentally and physically goes into like winning that very last game in Oklahoma city Mm -hmm. or like for us, it's like winning that very last game on July 29th. Like we literally have prepared. I mean, we've waited 13 years, been in this like Olympic cycle for the last four or five years. And we've prepared for what's about to be six softball games. Like that's insane to me.
0: Yeah, but absolutely.
2: It, it <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, you know, so.
0: And the thing is, none I, of those, none of those games are easy. Like, no. like, when you get over there, it's it's like you get Mexico right off the hop. And, and I mean, like, all the teams are tough. So whoever wins that gold medal is definitely, definitely going to earn it.
2: Yeah. No, that, I mean, that is for sure. That is for sure. Uh,
0: So you'd have two more great seasons with the Huskies. Uh, What's the biggest thing you took away from your time at Washington?
2: Oh man. Good question. Uh, Besides my parents, I will say that the university of Washington has like molded me into the human I am today, if you will. Mm-hmm. And like how I roll in my, in my daily on and off the softball field. I like, they do such a wonderful job of like, um, like establishing and helping you, I guess, helping you establish like what you believe in as a human, what you believe in as a softball player and like what you want to be about. Right you know and i think for me just like having the core values that we had and just really living them on a day-to-day basis and that being a part of our every single day language and how you rolled like in the classroom in the community and on the softball field it just it just kind of stuck so i guess to me it was like how bought in and how strong the culture is to really develop you as a human and as a strong woman, you know, and to be confident, to be selfless, to be tough, to, you know, stand up for what you believe in. Um, How you do anything is how you do everything is the biggest thing that sticks out to me from them. You know, like you see a piece of trash on the ground, don't walk by it, pick it up, put it in the garbage, you know, like the simple things, but like things that just really go a long way. And it's all about life lessons to them, and it's so much more than just the game. It's about you as a person, and I'm just super grateful that I went there. Honestly, it's it's life changing.
0: Awesome! That sounds awesome. Sounds like a fantastic school to go to. Um, you'd uh, you go on to be drafted third overall in the MPF uh, by the U Triple S A Pride. How awesome was it? You know that you you knew that you'd be able to keep playing the game.
2: Yeah, super grateful. I mean, unreal organization. And just to play with the athletes that I got to play with on that team. Like I was like in, I was in awe. Like those girls are people that I looked up to, people that I admired, people that I watched play at the Canada cup for team USA. Like the, the pride team at that, you know, at that time was like literally the dream team. So I just felt, so honored and so humbled to be like one of the ones chosen to be a part of that team, like playing with Jessica Mendoza, playing with Natasha Watley, playing with Caitlin Lowe, playing with Kelly Crutchman, playing with Kat Osterman. You wow. know, like <laughs> the the team was like, and I, I'm missing Andrea Duran. Like there's, yeah. there's what I'm for sure missing. Lauren Lappin. I mean, it was so fun. No doubt. You know? like Again, going back to like, Learning stuff every single day and being around those that that are the best at their craft, like at the time in my life, I was just you know so happy to be a part of that group
0: that's awesome yeah that's a that's quite a quite a roster to you know play with <laughs> Jesus yeah
2: no, wow. no it it literally was It was pretty much like it was pretty much team USA that the pride team at the time like yeah. it was. It was pretty incredible.
0: So that, uh, the MPF championship that you won in 2013, where does that rank up there for memorable moments?
2: It's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that was a really intense atmosphere. JT D'Amico, one of our assistant coaches at Washington was our head coach at the time. Um, I mean, our rivalry with the bandits, it was just a grinder, you know, like it was always so intense with them. Um, and I just have to, you know, I wanted to say too, like my, Natasha Watley was on that team. And obviously we were both shortstops. Natasha Watley being like the best in the world. And I just loved my time with Tasha. I think we had such a cool dynamic going on. Like she would go in, she would start the game, you know, she would play into like the fifth inning and if the game was somewhat close, I would go in as a defensive replacement. So it was cool to really have, I felt super grateful to be able to have that dynamic with somebody like Natasha um just a world-class human world-class softball player and like it was a dynamic that I I will never forget because um, she's the best at what she does
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: so um that's one of my most favorite memories I would say from not only the pride my pride experience but specifically um in that game
0: yeah yeah that makes it that's that's great hey, was it uh you know, playing against them this weekend. And prior to that with the Wild, was that a little a little weird for you?
2: Uh, not so much. Or time you know. time has
0: passed, I guess. Yeah. It, I mean, it's been a few years.
2: Yeah. My last year in the Pro League was 2014. Then I was, so I was traded in 2013 to the Rebellion. Um, oh, so right, to Pennsylvania. Definitely, yeah, definitely time has passed. But I mean, the Pride will always, like, even... Um, Don Dinodis was just here this past weekend and just like looking at him, you know, just smiling like yeah. you know, he provided me an opportunity to be a professional softball player. So they'll they'll always have a special place in my heart for sure.
0: Right on. That's awesome. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the 2015 Pan Am Games, the win on home soil in Toronto. How awesome was mm-hmm. that?
2: Pretty incredible, I'll tell you that. I uh in 2014 was when I um I made the phone call to coach Smith actually after the pro league. And I just kind of was ready to move along from the MPF. Right. And, you know, I was getting to that point in my sophomore career to where I was like, all right, well, you know, you want to kind of hang them up here. You want to, you know, give your, give the national team a go here because they're going to Toronto. Like they're going to your home soil. You know, you can do some really cool things with the squad, So I actually called Coach Smith and I was like, you know, I have interest in coming to the selection camp. Like, would you be willing, you know, to have me there in January to try out for the team? He said, yep, you know, we want you to come along. We've, you know, we're starting to create a really cool culture here and, you know, just kind of be mindful of that and this and that. So anyway, to make a long story short, I went to the tryout and ended up making it but the kicker for me wanting to go back was because the Pan Ams were in Toronto. Right. Like to be able to play in front of your family and your home and your home crowd is just the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was an experience of a lifetime. I mean, we beat the United States and won gold medal on our home soil. Like what, you know, so
0: (laughs) that crowd was rocking too.
2: That gold medal is like the heaviest thing I've ever felt in my entire life. Is that right? Not the heaviest thing, but as far as medals, it's, it's (laughs) pretty legit. I'll tell you that.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's us. Sarah pitched lights out in that game, by the way. I mean, I bring it up, I bring it up all the time on this podcast, but she pitched amazing in that final.
2: Yeah. I actually, I have a really cool photo on my phone. Um, Fear the leaf was our big mantra that year.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And um, there's like a awesome photo of g like just crouched down after she like after the last out with like fear of the leaf around her i'll actually ah, have to see awesome. you know it's pretty cool
0: yeah absolutely that'd be fantastic to see um a couple things i want to touch on before we get to the final segment here uh i want to ask you about pro swings uh maybe tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that place and how much has that facility ha- helped you with your craft
2: Yeah. It's, it's been my everything. Um, Stephanie Best is the owner. She's the founder of Pro Swings and she's just created like an unreal brand. Um, Pro Swings started off as college exposure camps. So what she would do was, and still does, um, is she'll have a camp of like hundred. I mean, there's even been like upwards of like 150, 160 kids at on pro swings camps. So she would have the kids come in, they would run through a couple day camp, but she would hire college coaches to come in like 30 to 40 coaches from all different schools around the nation of all levels, um, to provide a recruiting opportunity at that camp for those coaches, if that makes sense. Um, so that's what it originally started out as. And now, um, it's kind of grown into, um, the tournament business. The pro swings has their own tournaments now. Um, and, Now she has her own pro swings facility, which you've seen me at probably every single day all day.
0: (laughs) Oh, it looks amazing there. Like the the setup is just fantastic.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no, she's she's done an absolutely unreal job. Now that she has the the strength and conditioning space, like Mm -hmm. there's just she's got like some recovery stuff in there. So to have everything under one roof is incredible. And just I'm. I'm like, I can't be more grateful. Like I have that place full-time access whenever I want. I've had it for probably the facility specifically, I think three years now, four years now, wow. maybe three years. Wow. Um, but you know, just like, it's just such a peace of mind for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm where I'm at mentally with my preparation because of Stephanie, because of pro swings, yep. because I've had, full time access to a facility that has all the resources I need and needed to be as confident as I can be um for Tokyo. Yeah. So and she's been in my corner every step of the way. And I'm just so, so grateful that's for awesome. her support and and my parents, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's awesome, Jen. Um I also I want to ask about Mizuno. Um yeah. you're back with them. How it feel to be back in the Mizuno family?
2: Wonderful! I literally feel like I'm back home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I originally signed with them in 2011 and was with them for about five uh, five or six years. Yeah. Um. So they were the first company I was with. Um left for a little bit and now I'm back and it feels it literally it feels exactly where I'm supposed to be and I'm back with my family and I'm super grateful for that
0: right on yeah I I had Leah on the on the podcast here about a month ago oh yeah yeah and uh man she's passionate passionate about Mizuno and uh
2: oh nice yeah she was she was so so fun to talk to yeah she's super sweet she's wonderful she works pretty closely um with pro swings as well so we've got a really just awesome relationship with her it's cool
0: that's awesome fantastic yeah. um little thing we end the podcast with call it uh player association i'm gonna throw out a name and uh you can say as much or as little about them as you want
2: oh my gosh okay
0: <laughs> ready i'm gonna start off with uh coach Heather
2: oh god um she's my big one of my biggest mentors in my entire life
0: right on she's uh I'd say she's had an impact on on a lot of on a lot of uh, players growing up
2: to say the least yeah. that is for sure.
0: Uh next is uh you touched on her a bit before Morgan Stewart.
2: Morgan Stewart is um one of my closest friends she always will be and um super grateful for our you know our friendship and one of the things that I truly have always admired about her was just how she responded to me coming in, playing her position and just us ending up being like such close friends. Like I have a lot of respect for Morgan, a lot of love for Morgan and she's one of the most selfless loving people I've ever met my entire life.
0: Fantastic. Uh, next is uh teammate, Victoria Hayward.
2: Victoria Hayward. Um, Vic and I have so much history. Um, super grateful for all that we have shared together. She's like a little pit bull. Um, God love her. <laughs> um, um she's been like my like rock of a training buddy the la this whole last uh like four years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since 2017. And she's, you know, she's one of my go-tos on this team. She knows she knows me. She she knows how my brain works. She knows, um, she just knows a lot about me and how I tick. So I'm just super grateful to have somebody like Vic on our squad because she's like a go-to person for me, especially like if I'm not going good, Mm -hmm. I think she knows exactly what she needs to do to help me, you know, get through those moments.
0: Right on. Two more. Uh, Kaylee Rafter.
2: The most composed. (laughs) human i've ever met in my entire life yeah (laughs) kaylee is like so consistent with her emotions and i am so grateful for um that part of kaylee like for me specifically i can i have a tendency to be a pretty emotional human Mm -hmm. um And it's, you know, it's a blessing and a curse at times. But Kaylee is that person where if I'm like too hot and heavy about something, she like brings that whole devil's advocate. She brings you perspective and kind of like talks you off the cliff a little bit, especially like to help see the other person's side of things and just different perspectives. So um, I like love, love Kaylee's consistency in my life.
0: (laughs) Right on. I, I, I got to talk to her on the podcast here and it was one of my favorite episodes. She's so awesome to talk to.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah, you've talked to a lot of us, eh? That's cool.
0: Quite a few, quite a few. And nice. the last one, I talked to her too, uh, Daniel Laurie.
2: DL, um, man, DL and I have been through so much and I'm like super grateful for like all of that we have gone through. Um, she is the most competitive human I've ever met in my entire life. And she is like one of my absolute all-time favorite pitchers um to play behind. Um she has my back. I just feel like super protected by her. And it's just a really cool feeling to have that um from a teammate and a friend. Um she's a lifer and she always will be. So we've we've shared so much together, winning and losing. and we've won some cool stuff together and I'm I I cannot wait to like have this like icing on the cake of doing it again, you know, at this Olympic Games. So,
0: right on, that's awesome. Great way to end her, Jen. I need to thank you for coming on. Uh, you've been a huge part of this game in our country. Fingers crossed, you guys can bring back that gold medal. And
2: oh, thank you. Wish
0: you nothing but success moving forward.
2: Thank you so much for chatting. This was fun. I really appreciated it. I hope you enjoyed it.
0: Absolutely, this it was awesome. Okay, good, good, good. All right. We'll we'll talk to you later.
2: Okay, thank you. Thanks again,
0: Jen. Bye-bye. Take care. Pick it up, pick
1: it up, yeah. Pick it up, pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up Nah, we ain't slowing down Pick it up, pick it up Yeah, let's play a game Call the monkey in the middle Married to the game But I ain't scared to make a single This right here Got you feeling like a nympho About the climax With your face all in the pillow It's a grand slam home Early morning tea, off, am sick of the hole of one. One for one. the underdog, but I'm winning it. Club closed, but the ticket DJ keeps spinning it. Oh, I can't stop this feeling that I come across. Moonwalking walking on water like the son of God, then I'm ghost. Bust, this who you gonna call? Feels like Christmas when I'm sipping on that rum and all. No. It's that bonus on your paycheck. It's when the wifey surprised you with day sex. Yes, it's going on at first date. It's taking her over dinner and she offers to pay. That's a grand slam. Move the way back. Pop's for the grand slam. I got a couple of drinks, got weed and some money to yeah. spend. That's a grand slam. I'm feeling brand new. Like, no, I can't lose. That's a damn good day to me. Uh huh. That's a damn good day to that's right, and that's a damn good name. Pick it up, yeah. It up. I'm trying to give a bit of great advice. You in a dark place, this could be your way of life. It's a feeling that could make you nice. I'm trying to take these people higher. It don't matter if you're or heights. Right, it's like that back massage. It's a bachelor party over your last hurrah. Feels good, don't it? Enjoying what you can, cause this all stops when the record ends. There's three types of people I know that tell the truth. Kids, drunks, and those who in to lose. I'm on my last drink, though, but got no weed to smoke. Oh, just found a joy in the seat of my coach, that's a Grand Slam Move way back, I'm swinging for the fence Grand Slam I got a couple of drinks, got weed and some money to spend yeah, That's a Grand Slam, slam. I'm feeling brand new, like no I can't lose and that's a damn good day to me Said I'm feeling brand new, like no I can't lose And that's a damn good day to me Slam And that's a damn good day to me Pick it up, pick it up. Nah, we ain't slowing down. Pick, pick it up, pick yeah. It up, I'm yeah. that tall, skinny white dude. Born and raised out in Enfield, is where I'm still living today. Nah, I never went Hollywood, never forbid. And the big up to my hometown for letting me live. I'm feeling it and feeling energized. Like I worked out and got some exercise. It's that game winning goal. It's